ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. My guest today is Kim Troy, and Kim Kim comes to us from Ohio. I think I've had, I think my last guest was from Ohio, actually. Welcome, Kim, to the podcast. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Um, so Kim and I, I think, I don't even remember. Uh, oh, I know. Your name was brought to me as someone I might want to have on my podcast. And I had not met you before. We had an amazing conversation uh, about a month ago, and I thought you, your whole story was very fascinating, and you thought the way I do. You're, you're all about relationships, and that's what I loved the most. Now, I will tell my audience that Kim has been probably uh, in both worlds in a big way. She was a corporate executive for many years, and then um, now is in the world of entrepreneurship. She and her husband run a company called Civilis. Did I say yep, it right? Civilis Consulting. Uh-huh. Yep. And um, Kim is one of the uh, the founders and uh, CEO of the company. And that is an advisory firm that provides strategic sales, marketing operations, and HR guidance to fast growth businesses. Now, I know that from the corporate world, to Civilis, there was a detour that went to Africa for a while. And I'd actually like to start there because was I would like to ask you, was that the transition that, that when you were in Africa, and I think you were there vaca- vacationing and, and so forth, but you could feel it. Was that when like the light went on and you went, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It was a slow, it was kind of a, a slow light bulb. Right? It, took, it took a while. Um, what happened was, um, right. I had, uh, had this very successful career and had really got to kind of write my own ticket in that organization. I was working with limited brands and I got to do a lot of different things and wear a lot of different hats. And, you know, every couple of years I would have a new responsibility and a new challenge. And I loved that about that organization and they could keep me um, engaged in that way and in a way that I could continue to contribute. So I had done a lot of things. I, at that time, when I first took my first trip to Southern Africa, it was to Zimbabwe. My husband and I went on a walking safari for three weeks, immersed in the bush. But, you know, that first trip, I was still having a very successful career. Didn't really think much of, you know, ever leaving. Um, You know, I'd, I'd grown up in that environment, in that corporate world and really had navigated it well and loved it. So when we took that first trip to Zimbabwe, Um, and spent those three weeks, it was sort of just like being transported from, you know, from, from all of your normal way of life and the way that you've always lived and, um, you know, and uh, thrived into this very different situation where we were, you know, kilometers away from civilization, 
we were there. It was a very small group of people. There were only six of us, six tourists. And then we had three armed guides with us that took us through the bush. And we were in this environment with lions and elephants and I mean, you name it. Um, and it was so it was this very different way of life. And um, having that kind of uh, immersion really uh, helped me start thinking about and getting some perspective about what goes on in the rest of the world what is life and death really you know in the corporate world you we go through our whole careers thinking that everything that we do and every little decision that we make is the most grave and important decision we could ever make um whereas you know whereas here over here we're making decisions about how are we going to eat how are we going to stay safe where are we going to sleep tonight so you know it, it was just a very different so so that was sort of the first inkling that i had that you know maybe there's just something else going on so I went back, you know, went back to work, had, you know, reimmersed myself into my career um, again. And over the course of the next few years, the next couple of years, really, I, I started um, thinking, I need to, I need to pursue this. I need to learn more about why I feel I'm feeling this sort of dissonance. And so I went back to um, Africa. I went back to Zimbabwe, South Africa, Namibia, Botswana. Um, several times uh, during those last couple of years of my career there before I finally decided it, I was going to make the change and I was going to leave that environment. Well, that's that's pretty amazing, actually. Did you um, I know I've I've talked to a lot of young people who will go over and and, um, and I have not been to Africa. But when you mentioned Zimbabwe, I actually had um, back when I was a kid, my parents we were from England originally, and my parents, my father wanted to find a land of opportunity, and they were, yes. uh, there were, um, uh, I guess, incentives or whatever to go to Canada or to go to um, Southern Rhodesia at the time, and, right. uh, and Australia and things like that. And my father picked us all up and moved us to Canada. I was a little girl at the time. And my two uncles, his brothers went to Southern Rhodesia interesting yeah and i don't know why i don't know why they chose there but they um one of them ended up coming here and the other one stayed in south africa in um uh, when it became zimbabwe and his son ended up going in the army and all of that it was like when the when the country changed um regimes and was it um was apartheid um uh part of like did you experience that when you were there I did. Um, well, it had it had since um, we we were traveling there in '98, and so it, it was relatively new. Um, you know, a new uh, you know uh, unified in South Africa in particular, yeah. right? Was was newly unified. Um, but my travels there and my um, you know over the course of the of the ensuing ten years or so. You know, I got to see a lot. I, I got to see that evolution happen. Interestingly, I mean, in South, South Africa, at that same time, things were going on in Rhodesia, which eventually became Zimbabwe when the new regime came. Right. Um, and so, we, again, same thing. We had we had first started traveling in Zimbabwe um, relatively early in that regime change, and then. Um, saw you know the country and the economy in particular just you know. Um, uh just go you know just go downhill yeah i think um, that's when my uncle left actually. yeah i yeah. mean well because what they started doing is they started seizing the the farms mm -hmm. you know that, yeah. that they had 
and that land that they had given to you know to immigrants to come and to you know to to build the uh, agri you know agriculture and that that agrarian economy and they had done very well mm -hmm. um but yeah the regime change was all about getting their land back and giving it back and then right. that's yeah yeah, interesting. Um, so you come back, uh, you you go through this change, you become entrepreneur, you start your own company, right? Yes, and you yes. Start, so, and I'm I'm from the the um, information that I've gleaned about you and from you, uh, I'm sensing that you then took what you had learned in your corporate world and were able to put that into courses and training and so on to teach other companies. Yes. yes. Now, did you? Did you focus on uh, a particular type of industry that you wanted to work with or what? Did yeah, what happened was, again, you know, when I started going back, when I started my consulting yes. company, right? Um, some of that work that I did, I started going back to Africa and working with the, the field-based conservation organizations over there. Um, and uh, and that was all about using what I had learned in the corporate world. And I, I, because again, I'd worn all these hats, I'd worn, yes. worn a sales hat and yeah. an HR hat and an operations hat. I had kind of got all of these um, skill sets on, underneath me in such a way that I could apply them in a completely different environment, right. but still help those organizations build capacity and get donors and use their money more wisely and attract people. So it was all the same types of things that I had done in this big corporate environment that I was just doing for organizations that I found at that time, just more fun and more meaningful to work with. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I started doing that. And then eventually that just morphed into for-profit organizations as well. But I find that our niche is even now, I mean, back then, and, you know, as, as my company has, has evolved as well, our niche is really about um, organizations and businesses that where relationships is sort of critical to their success, where trust building and, um, and, you know, just good human to human, um, you know, uh, integrity and values is an important aspect of of us doing business together mm -hmm. so and that's because again you know at, at the heart of all of this is you know is people and humans and so yeah. um and you know that's even my background my my degree is in psychology and um you know had i not you know gone um, you know, gone right into the workforce right after uh, my undergrad, I would have become a psychologist. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, um, you know, understanding what makes people tick and, and what motivates their behavior is, um, you know, is something that underpins a lot of the different functions that I've, that I've, um, you know, overseen over the years. And certainly that's, in the end, that's really what business is all about anyway. So absolutely. Um, I have a note here that you said, um, since uh the digital world is everything today <laughs> yeah we have to work harder than ever before to stay connected to each other as humans yeah. and you know uh, for me i know that i'm always preaching that 
you want to send a tangible touch, a card sometimes to people, not just an email, not just a text message, because they need to feel, and that takes them from their head to their heart so much faster. Yeah. And, um, and so I know that you probably feel the same way. And, and how, when you're talking to a prospect, a prospective company that you might want to work with, do you, does it make your ears perk up when you hear that they don't feel like that kind of a, an organization and, and there's where the work lies? Or do you think they have to have that value there in the first place for you to be able to work with them? You know, it's interesting that um, what, what we hear now um, is that they've been, I, th I think that that especially if, the, if it's been an organ an organization that's been around for a while sure. if it's a brand new startup that that might be different but if it's a if it's an organization that has had success um you know in the pre-digital world that has um uh you know that that again has sort of gone through um their uh, their growth cycle and have have built their business on relationships mm -hmm. What I find now that has happened with, again, with the uh, emergence of all things digital marketing and where, where digital, where, where marketing is now digital marketing, yes. <laughs> right, um, is that, is that they ha have sort of lost um, faith, I guess, in that old, good old fashioned, those good old fashioned ways, you know, back in the day, when, you know, when those of us who've been around for a while, right, when you were selling, and when you were, um, you know, going and calling on prospects, you, you know, you would learn something about them, you would, you know, go into the conversation, be ready to have a meaningful conversation, connect with them in some emotional way, again, connect with them in, you know, to the heart. Yes. And that is something that I think the digital world as as noisy it's become and as um, uh, ubiquitous as digital marketing agencies have become, mm -hmm. they've sort of been led to believe that that that's not the way you do it anymore and that you, you need to be doing it this new digital way and we need to be you know spamming everybody and we need to be you know automating it all and um, and so I, that's what we hear. And when we hear that, that's when my ears perked up because that's when I know we can, they have, they know what really works. They just don't know how to do that anymore in, in this, this very world. noisy digital world. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so, so that's when I get excited. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think probably for me, you know, I work a lot with, um, one-on-one uh, -on -one with people who may be um, professional salespeople, or they might be business owners or um, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And, and I work with, I use LinkedIn as a tool that I teach people how to use. And, you know, yeah. you said something in the notes that you sent me also about, um, uh, where is it? Uh, well, this is just a comment you made that no slick digital dashboards or marketing automation can ever take the place of good old fashioned relationship building, which is like music to my ears, right? I, that's exactly what I believe. But it's very difficult sometimes to get people who um, they might be new to the platform or they've right. been doing it the wrong way, what I call the wrong way uh, for so long. Okay. So 
I'm thinking of uh, somebody that I worked with recently. She's an entrepreneur. She has her own business and she's just new, to, fairly new to LinkedIn and she's treating it like, and I guess I didn't teach her very well because she's <laughs> teaching it, she's using it. And I think she's uh, as kind of a, um, a, a say, you know, I'm pushing her products or pushing her yes. training. Um, in, and she could, all she needs to do is take a pivot to um, uh, using the topic in a more generic way, not, yeah. you know, this is my workshop that I'm doing. Every pros, every post is the same kind of thing. Who cares? Right. Just, right. right. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. that to me is like, oh, my goodness, people don't see what they're doing. They, what happens is, Janice, they mistake the channel, um, like they they sort of misuse the channel. Yes. They they're it's sort of. It, I always say, I always tell my clients it's it's just like the telephone. You can use the telephone to call somebody out of the blue during dinner and try to sell them something, <laughs> or right, or you can use the telephone to call someone that you want to get to know or that you want to have a relationship with and start having a two way conversation with them. Well, providing they answer the phone. Right. Well, right. Exactly. And then that, that again, that means that you have to be very purposeful and intentional about who and why you're calling and what, you know, how you're going to actually get them to engage with you in that channel. And if they don't have a phone, then stop, you know, stop trying to engage with those people. So that's something that I think, again, in this, in this digital world, one of the things that I also say is, is that what's happened with these digital channels, when I started, when I started Civilis, we started out just in the marketing uh, function, right? We, st our practice area was just primarily in marketing. And when I started the company, I, that it was back when things, you know, when Google was just kind of not the only search engine and back when Facebook had not done an IPO yet or anything like that. And I felt like these channels were like these really cool new ways for a business to, to be able to have a one-to-one -one relationship with their prospects and in their customers. And to start those conversations, having those conversations in a way that would help those people decide whether they wanted to buy from you or not. Yeah, to but show their like, personality, right? To show Yes, exactly. Right. And get to know them again, get to know them as humans, as real people and get to, let's get to know each other. And what ended up happening in the digital world, um, you know, that's how we build our agency. That's how we still do it today is we're all about using these channels to connect in this really one-to-one, -one, let's have, you know, a two-way conversation way. But what happened with a lot of these channels is they got used in the same old way that traditional marketing channels like billboards or radio <laughs> have been used, which is to just blast out a message and then hope that some small percentage of people will hear it and it will resonate and they'll maybe give you a call or they'll, you know, come, come do business with you. And so that's what we've done with these digital channels. They've been so misused by, you know, by just using that, you know, using them as just more, you know, channels to just broadcast those messages to people who don't care or don't really want to hear them or get them. So, yeah. So, so content on these platforms, and for me, it's LinkedIn um, content, people feel they have to put something out there on a regular right. basis. And, and it's funny, one of the people I follow on LinkedIn, who's a really good writer, and he is all about content, but he just said the other day in one of his posts, like he writes every day, but 
that's not who I am. He says, if you don't have anything to say, don't, don't yes. put it out there. Right. Yeah. And he's also, he says, I'm fed up of so much drivel on here. You know, mm-hmm. at least say something that will right. um, be controversial enough to shake the tree, to engage people, because really yeah. that's what it's about. Um, you have developed a niche working with business in industry, businesses and industries where a trusting relationship is critical to closing a sale and use those digital channels, not for broadcasting, but for relationship building, which is what we've just been talking about. Yeah. So, so how would you, okay, the other piece to this is me thinking that, that you said, and, and I agree with, that we can't automate things to have that happen. So how do you teach or train these companies you work with and what do you tell them to make them understand that we have to build relationship and to do that it's person to person. Yeah. Yeah, so um so first of all it depends on how how um you know how far down or how you know um deep into the digital marketing world that they have been sucked into yeah. uh, we actually i'm I, I don't i'm not plugging this because it doesn't really matter but we've written we my husband and i actually wrote a book called click by all means plug it i'm okay with that Go okay ahead. yeah okay so right so we have a book called click sand c-l-i-c-k-s-a-n-d um uh and uh, you can find it on amazon um, but it's, and it's by Bill Troy, my husband and business partner. But the point of it is, is that, um, you can, it's easy to get sucked in to that digital world and to be, to ha- make it feel like, and seem like you're building relationships because there's these fancy dashboards that say, look at all, you know, look at engagement, quote unquote. And, you know, there's terms that would indicate or make, you know, one believe that, that we're actually having these conversations and we're actually having this relationship. And like I said, there's, you know, there's, there's, oh my God, right. Dozens, hundreds, thousands of statistics and data that, you know, points that you can look at to, uh, you know, to make it seem like this activity is relationship building. So one, one of the first things that we really have to do is to kind of wean our customers off of that and off of the, of, of that, those dashboards and to really think about what does success really look like here, right? Success is not you know, hits or traffic to your website or even engagements in your social media post, Um, you know, success is, did somebody buy from you? Or if you're not there yet, because nobody, you know, unless you have a shopping cart on your website and it's a transactional sort of business, chances are on your first interaction, somebody's not going to buy something from you, right? So we help them understand and see that there is a progression and there's a deepening in the relationship that has to happen before the ultimate thing will happen. And we actually have a model that we use that we show our clients that there are, there are, it's scientifically proven that there are steps the person has to go through before they'll feel um, you know, uh, that we have enough, a, a trusting enough relationship that they'll make referral, for example, or that they'll um, share information with you that, you know, that they are you know, not going to share with the outside world. So there are signs and there are steps in that process of building relationships that we show our clients and we help them actually recognize those steps and 
do the various things that they need to do when they're in each of those stages in order to move the relationship forward. We have we have programs where we actually do it for them, and then we have programs where we show our clients how to do it as well. Okay, yeah, make it. It's it's such a fine line when like, you just said something about you know um, the engagement piece and and the in uh, content um, in content uh, on social media, particularly in my mind, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, people think that that passive piece is actually right. active but it's not unless right. you get right and and right. yeah talking to people is active building yes. relationships right and yes. so that's where you have to to um really bring it so mm -hmm. i'm going to switch gears for a minute because i want to just ask you before we run out of time i'm fascinated and i've seen other people who have become members of the forbes business council and mm -hmm. it seems like um an uh, an interesting um, place to be. I I love the articles that I see from Fort Forbes, but um, what's that all about? Like, does that is it a a thing that helps? Is it a a piece that's nice to have on your profile, or is it um, a certain kind of? Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of of a variety of things. So first of all, it is. Um, it's a, a a large group of like-minded people of like-minded thought leaders really um experts in their field that are um you, you know that that have a point of view that have something unique or or um you know different to uh to say and to put out there so in some respects it's a publishing platform so it allows uh you know members who uh business council members who um publish not everybody publishes but um but you can and if you again if you have something good to say they go through it goes through a pretty rigorous editing process to make sure that what you are what you, you can't just publish any old article you have to really have a, a pretty well uh put together point of view and it has to be structured in a certain way and so nonetheless it's a publishing platform so it allows uh, a thought leader to be able to get their message out there and to, be to, to a different yeah, to, and and again you know it, and it is a good because it is so uh well respected mm -hmm. um it's it, you know the the content does usually get seen mm -hmm. um so it, there's that and then there's also the other really great thing about it is is that it's a it's is that they have a variety of forums and um uh again it used to be in person but now for the most part it's all uh you know on the web but uh there are a variety of groups that you can be part of so you can be part of a group that's part of the you know this with the industry and then there are topics every month that get presented about those you know about things that are cogent to your particular industry so it's it's just a it's just nice to be uh in a group of other like-minded smart people that have interesting things to say yeah, no, so it sounds yeah. like a really good networking um it is or, yeah, yeah for you it really absolutely is. um yeah. wow well <clears throat> i love that um that you see the value of relationships in business to the end result of getting that business getting referral space um yeah finding those uh, raving fans and making sure that you're doing what uh, that you're that you're walking your walk and talking your talk. 
for sure. Um, I just, I'd like to ask you now a couple more questions before we wrap up. One is, so based on your very unique career path, and do you feel like you're home now? Do you feel like you're home now being an entrepreneur, being your own boss? Oh my gosh. Yes. In every way. I mean, I, you know, if you'd asked me this question back then, back when I was in my career, I would have told you I was at home there that that was, um, that, that, because again, I was extremely successful. I got paid a ton of money. It was, you know, I mean, I mean, I got awards all the time, you know, I mean, it was just, it was that environment where I thought this is it. I mean, I've arrived. And so what I, for me, what I, and what I would tell anybody, by the way, is that's what I'm going to, that's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. Listen to this, watch for signs, listen to your gut, right? Do a little check-in with yourself every now and then to make sure that you're really where you belong. Because I thought I was until I had this really unique experience. And until I started realizing that there was a different kind of world out there. And I don't mean just a wild world with, you know, with lions and, and elephants, but there, there, there were different types of organizations. There were different types of people doing, you know, having different passions and different things, you know, that, that um, motivated them and, and drove them forward through their lives. And until I really saw that, I didn't realize that I didn't have, I didn't I didn't have to stay where I was. Um, was it scary to just walk away? Yeah. In fact, I tried several times to walk away and kept getting talked back into staying, yeah. right? Because everybody would say, you're crazy. Don't do that. Are you kidding? Yeah. But, right. But, but I, I, you know, when I finally made the, made the leap, a hundred percent, I mean, it, I am absolutely doing the things that I'm passionate about. I'm doing the things that I am really, really good at. And I, I just can't imagine, um, you know, I've been asked to go back to the old ways, um, you know, from time to time, but I just can't imagine ever, ever going back again. I have so much uh, less stress in my life, Mm -hmm. being in charge of my own destiny. And, and I, that is, that is entrepreneurship right there. Um, Can't control everything. But I can certainly, um, you know, in the end, whatever decisions I make, they're my decisions. I am very uh, comfortable, um, you know, living with the consequences of whatever my decisions are. And if sometimes they're not good, that's fine. At least they were my decisions and I can learn from them. Um, So, yeah, I am home. I'm absolutely doing what I love and I will do this forever. I'll never retire from this. This is, I I get it. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. I'll be forever. That's awesome. So I see a lot of books behind you on the bookshelf, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what do you still read real books or are you more of an audible person or I do some of everything. I still I'm still one of those people that really loves books. I mean, as as you can see, but yeah. um, right. I love the you know, I, I love the feel of them and, and, and all of that. So, um, but I also, you know, spend not a lot, but you know, when I'm driving to a client, I spend a decent amount of time in the car. And so I'll listen to audible books then. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it all. What Um, are you reading now? I know. So, 
right now, um, uh, at this moment, I'm reading this book called Million Dollar Consulting, which, oh, yeah. I, actually, I, which I actually read a long time. It's really old. I mean, it's, yes. there, there are several editions of it. Um, and I actually read it a long time ago. And, and I'm reading it again, just as a refresher, just sort of as a I think kind of almost to validate what I, what I'm doing right now. And there are, you know, there are a few things where it's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I should be thinking that way or I should be doing that. So it's, it's actually, um, it's a great book. It's, it's uh, really, yeah. Yeah. I'm re I'm reading um, Think and Grow Rich again. Cause I'm doing oh, a yeah. book club. I know. And it's like 1937 or something that books came out quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so back here somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So last question, two-part question. Um, my favorite word is curiosity. And I would like to know, do you believe that curiosity is innate or learned? That's part one. And part two, what are you most curious about these days? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I guess I would say I think curiosity is probably innate. I think that as 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 infants, right? That is what we have to do in order to learn and grow is to experiment on our environment yes. um, and, you know, and see what happens. So I think curiosity is probably innate. I think that, I think maybe um, as we grow, sometimes we, that might be sort of programmed out of us, yes. um, you know? So um, yeah, I think it's, I think that we are meant to be, um, curious about our environment we're meant that's how we learn and grow right so uh so there's that so um what was the second part of that question what are you most curious about these days yeah and it doesn't have to be work created or related i'm just curious see <laughs> i'm always curious. i know right i know um i think weirdly i am kind of fascinated by what's going on right now with with societally like i said i'm a psych major um and so i'm very curious and and intrigued by what is happening in our world right now relative to this pandemic this is the worst this is probably the biggest enemy that we as a human species have had it transcends politics it transcends borders it transcends economies it is um it is this this um existential threat to our very species and so i, I it's curious it's it's interesting i don't know if curious is the word but i think it is it is to see and understand why why we are as a species behaving the way that we are toward this and why we cannot seem to come it, to, to become unified in our um, uh, defense of, uh, you know, uh, in the way that we are defending ourselves against this enemy. So that is, I think, what I'm cur most curious about. I'm trying to, honestly, I'm trying to stay um, away from the headlines as much as possible mm -hmm. because I, again, I, it's, it's, clicksand <laughs> a yes. lot of it is and i don't want to get you know get immersed too far into it but at the same time i do find on a kind of a macro level i think it's just fascinating how um what it is about our species that makes us not um be able to um 
kind of uh, unify around a common enemy. Yeah, so. Well put, because I, I agree. And, you know, I'm in Canada and you're in the US mm -hmm. and our countries, our politics around uh, our leaders has been very different um, yeah. around dealing with this. And yeah, and and then I, I think if we look at it in the space of um, uh, the the actual present day as we are speaking now, the best tennis player in the world thought he could go to uh, Australia and get in with you not be you know yeah right. so right what's going to happen there but it's like come on you know like right. anyway so it's just yeah. a very interesting time and and definitely has shaken the world as we in this um century and 20th century people have have um yeah. known so that's another whole topic for another day yeah so yeah. i thank you so much for being my guest um if anyone is um, curious enough to want to check you out, how can they find you? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. It's just it just search for Kim Troy on LinkedIn, and I'll pop right up. And then um, our website is civilisconsulting.com. C i v i l i s consulting.com. And I'll uh, show notes just so you know. So that's okay. Awesome. Perfect. Yep. And then we're and then you can find Civilis on Facebook as well. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a pleasure. And I'd like to thank my audience again for listening and being supportive. If you liked what you heard, please leave a positive review, as that is always appreciated. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.